right, welcome in Outsiders Tuesday, August 22nd. We have, I think, the most hyped up episode of our division deep dive series here, at least from us within, obviously. NFC East time, you saw the thumbnail, you saw the title. And we got two Giants fans. We brought John on here to pair up with Dylan for the Eagles, going to represent them. Ben and Corey, I'm Ryan Balliot. And before we dive into this division, there's a topic we need to discuss here. Obviously, you see the shirt hanging up behind me, Jonathan Taylor, the saga that just I know is going to end in the most painful way possible for me. But the Colts gave him permission to seek a trade uh, earlier this week. After Jim Mercy said, we're not trading him, not now, not in October at the deadline. Permission was granted. I think it's a leverage move to let him see, hey, we're not going to pay you $16 million a year. No other team is going to either. They're not going to give us the compensation we want from you. It's quoted as a first round pick or a sum of picks adding uh, up to a first rounder. And also Taylor's still not healthy from that ankle that really knocked him off course back in 2022 last year after a phenomenal 2021 season. But even if a trade is agreed to, I don't think he passes his physical quite yet. So the question is, let's not get hung up on compensation here for what a trade. I know we looked at the Aaron Rodgers trade. We knew it was going to be to the Jets. And we said, what could that trade look like? Let's throw that part out of it. Let me just ask, what team do you think Jonathan Taylor is going to play for in 2023? Look, I don't know if he's going to play for anybody but the Colts, uh, simply because, uh, like, you know, you, you said you don't want us to get hung up on the compensation. No one's paying that. But if you want to look at the team that I think is the most interested in Jonathan Taylor, it's Miami. Now that they have lost out in the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes, they're not going to get Ezekiel Elliott. There's not that many options out there now obviously if jonathan taylor is healthy he's much better than those other two options at this point in their careers but i think miami is the team that makes the most sense and the team that wants a running back the most yeah classic ryan here nfc east show we're all pumped and he starts us off with the colts somehow some way we're we got here South. i gotta bring him up when i can now we're not gonna yeah. talk about them until next offseason yeah, yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, but so Jonathan Taylor, you know, I'm going to be honest, Ryan was a little nice to the Colts. I don't think that this is a go see what you get. I think this is a Jim Irsay's an asshole. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll trade him. Give me a first round pick, knowing that nobody's trading a first round pick. Exactly. And he's, just, he's just trying to t please Jonathan Taylor's agent. I gave him the ability when he knows damn well it's not going to go that way. But the three teams that should be most interested, Ben mentioned the Dolphins. I would like to add the Bears and the Vikings, two NFC North teams, Alexander Madison, Khalil Herbert, not the best running backs. I especially like the Bears situation. Justin Fields not paid yet. A running attack of him and Jonathan Taylor. I think that could be exciting. You want to do what you can to develop him, have a good offense. The same argument that I can make for the Colts actually paying him and keeping him for Anthony Richardson, you can copy and paste that for why the Bears should want him. Yeah, but you said Minnesota after they moved on from Dalvin Cook. I mentioned earlier Jonathan Taylor's obviously a better option than him, but after moving on from Cook, do you think they bring in Jonathan Taylor and pay him? They don't need to pay him. If he gets traded somewhere, he can't demand a contract extension in a new place. He'll have to yeah, play out the deal. Yeah, but at the same time, the whole idea is, you know, to go somewhere to get paid eventually. Well, right. That's but why would you don't want to play where you're at. In Indianapolis or in a winning situation for a season in Minnesota and try and rebuild some value. Yeah, That'd but be my you're, in the, exact, you're in the exact same spot if you're Jonathan Taylor as you were this year. Might be happier. 
Yeah, I mean, no one treats you better than the Colts. <laughs> Well, they don't. Ryan, when you retire, I, I let you keep twenty million plus. I once heard a very stupid man say, "We're not going to sign him to trade him." <laughs> a former superstar on my team. So take what Jim Irsay says and throw it out the window. It means nothing whether he says, you know, they're going to keep him or they're going to trade him. So with Jonathan Taylor, he could very well be traded. I don't think he will be. I really don't think that there's any chance of that. But if he does, the three teams I have in mind, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Eagles. And the reason I say these teams, right, the the Dolphins, pretty self-explanatory. They wanted Cook. I think we've touched on them enough. But the Eagles, right, the Eagles seem to get everybody at a discount, all these great players. Dylan's smirking, and he knows it's true. But – one, you build the Taylor Swift backfield. Two, the Eagles have picks to trade. The, the Eagles and and their whole front office are just, I don't want to say geniuses because it hurts, but the fact that they're able to do all this stuff and be able to make these moves, Taylor could theoretically put them over the top because it takes a lot of uh, pressure off of Hurts, adds a legit running back to their backfield because Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, they were good, but they're not elite. They're not great. And Dylan, I think you could agree. They're not elite. They're not top five running backs. I think DeAndre Swift is an elite talent who can't stay on the field. But Jonathan Taylor is a legit top five running back. And I don't think there's an argument about who's better and who would make the Eagles better. Eagles could make that move. And then the Chiefs, I mean, I love Pop, right? Rutgers guy like myself called a lot of Isaiah Pacheco games. He's still a seventh-round second year now. I know he's cheap, but Jonathan Taylor is just an otherworldly talent. The rich can get richer, and both these teams that were in the Super Bowl last year could make good on get this guy. I know we talked about this earlier, Ryan, and stuff, and I think it's probably going to go the way of the Austin Eckler situation where when I get a trade and nothing's going to happen. Because, I mean, honestly, if a trade doesn't get done, by the start of the season, like he's just going to stay in Indianapolis. But I mean, the teams that should be looking to get him and trying to, I guess, you know, maybe steal the steal Taylor away from the Colts. I mean, I don't know if they're going to, it's going to happen, but I mean, you were looking at probably the Vikings, the Dolphins, probably the Bears. I wouldn't mind the Eagles. Honestly, I mean, they want to go. You, you I mean, wouldn't mind, John? You wouldn't I mind? I wouldn't it? mind it. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it. Honestly, I would not mind it. I wouldn't complain if Jonathan Taylor was <laughs> I on my If I had to, I'd take him, right? Yeah, we'll, I'll just, we'll take <laughs> him. I mean, you're if giving you him to him. us. Depends right? on the price. Anything more yeah, than a no, third-round I mean, pick, know, and I feel like how he's losing the Taylor. I mean, I'm sure the Eagles will take him if we have to. They won't extend him. And if it's anyone can get it done, it's Howie Roseman. I'm convinced that Howie Roseman has like dirt on all the other NFL GMs and just calls him up and just like, you know, I got that picture from the Christmas party. Hey, you know? Joe Shane is squeaky clean. <laughs> Howie might be the next one getting investigated. Now that Dan Snyder has been removed. But one thing I will say about Philly. Yeah. They acquire great talent at weird prices, but Nick Sirianni, former Colts offensive coordinator when Jonathan Taylor was there. So he knows how good Taylor can be, especially with that offense, how, great they are running the ball whether it's the quarterback i mean think i'm sitting here hoping to see anthony richardson and taylor could you imagine jalen hurts and jonathan taylor in the same backfield so 
There you go. But speaking of this NFC East, guys, let's get into it. We're going to do this a little out of order. Typically in our division shows, we start from who finished at the top and work our way down. Obviously, we got a lot of Giants and Eagles representation on this show. So we're going to make that the main event. We're going to start with the Washington Commanders. We'll call them for now. With new ownership, there's the possibility they once again change their name. But 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one last year. And look, that, as even as you can get of a record now with 17 games, they finished last in this division, and that would have been almost the best in the NFC and AFC South division. So when you talk about the worst team in the NFC East, you have to pay them a little bit of respect as well. They would have competed in a lot of other divisions, not eliminated in playoff contention to week 17 last year, but their over under win total only at six and a half. To me, that's a little low. Sam Howell had one start last year as a rookie against the talented Dallas Cowboys defense. They were trying to win that game. This was not a meaningless, let's rest our starters in the last week of the year. Dallas was trying to get the one seed. They couldn't get the job done against Sam Howell, who was my favorite rookie in the draft back in 2022. Over Kenny Pickett, over Malik Willis, Sam Howell from North Carolina was a guy I was keeping tabs on. And then, of course, they bring in Eric Bieniemy as their new offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach from Kansas City. And I think, you know, there's reports, whatever, players not liking Bianami's style. Maybe that's what kept him from getting a head coaching gig all these years. But you can't deny that what he brings, the offense he's going to bring over with him. You already saw it a little bit in the preseason. These commanders just last night on Monday night ended the Ravens' undefeated streak of preseason wins dating back to 2015. The greatest streak that I've seen since Brock Lesnar conquered the Undertaker's undefeated streak. The, the greatest winning streak that doesn't matter. It doesn't you're even playing matter. Games that you're not even trying to win. Let's yeah. also yeah. add in that it shouldn't even count as a the, the streak ending because Washington played their starters to win that game against Baltimore's third strings. Like they tried to win this preseason game. Hey, with only three preseason games, you got to get your starters somewhere in there to get the rust off yeah That's all but you know what it did most Corey, teams don't even play them you know what it did Corey? it made colin coward say that the nfl cares more about the preseason than the nba does the regular season today <laughs> uh no more dan snyder that's probably the biggest addition by subtraction obviously they don't have the heavyweight potential some of these other teams do but i feel like i'm the highest on this team where do you guys stand with washington this season well the thing with Washington is it feels like you're trotting out the same team as last year. And the other three teams in the division that you finished behind, it doesn't feel like they got worse. It feels like they got better. Um, you know, maybe outside of Philadelphia, it feels like all of these teams got better. And I'm going to tell you right now, probably all five of us here in some way deep down know that Philadelphia did get better this offseason. So, you know, when you look at this Washington team, you you sit back and you think, okay, they have talent. Yeah, they bring in the enemy. Guess what? He's not Andy Reid, and Sam Howell is not Patrick Mahomes. This is still the same Washington team. I think six wins is right around where they would be. It's, you know, a tough division, and I don't see them winning more than two games in this division, if yeah. that. Yeah, six is exactly where I have them, Ben. Um, I, you know, I do the full schedule prediction. And the Commanders, for me, some of it was just they won some games last year that maybe I would argue that I don't think they can replicate. Sam Howell, while he's talented, he's a rookie. 
there'll be some growing pains. Yes, he's not a rookie, but first year as the starter, Terry McLaurin in that preseason game that they had to so desperately try dealing with an ankle sprain already for a wide receiver. That's something that can linger. Another year for Curtis Samuel was dealt with injuries and that defense, maybe they're a little overrated. Maybe Chase Young can't stay on the field. Ron Rivera has not been a great head coach and they are in a good division. Like Ben said, the commanders, you know, I think six and a half is a fair over under for them. 100%. I think, you know, Vegas always knows it's hard to find an edge on what they're giving you. Everybody wants to be a sharp. They're usually a square. And six and a half is right around where Washington should be. Sam Howell could be good. You know, we have tape on him now from last year. Went to that Cowboy game as an unknown. And he played well. But now you kind of know, especially with the preseason, you have an idea. The enemy, you know, we touched on it. Coming from Kansas City. Reason he couldn't get a head head coaching job. He's hoping that he can reinvent himself. I'm sure he'll take a lot from what he learned from Andy Reid. But is that enough? We've talked a lot about you need the quarterback and you need the head coach to win. You know, they may have the quarterback. That's an unknown. But I think it's time to send Riverboat Ron down the stream and get rid of him. He just hasn't been the same since uh, Carolina, since that Super Bowl. He's just been on a downward spiral. Doesn't really have control of that locker room. The defense is good. They have a lot of good players. I don't think, though, that they have a top two defense in the division, even with that. I put them at number three. And I think it's pretty safe that you put them at number three. They're going to compete. The defense will keep them in games. The offense, I still think, is meh. I don't love Brian Robinson. I don't love Antonio Gibson. Terry McLaurin's great. John Dotson's just a deep threat. You, you don't really know what you're going to have in him. And then you spent the first rounder on him last year. They just have a lot of question marks. The cornerback they just took in the draft, uh, what was his name? Uh, playing on the uh, – Guys, help me out. Who's the uh, corner that Washington took? Leaving me out here to flounder. Either way, uh, he's, he has, Banks? No, no, no. The Giants no, that's took. who the Giants took. That's who the Giants took. They oh, traded Forbes. up uh, Forbes, Emmanuel Forbes. I thought you said quarterback at that's first. What I, I was like, I was like, what? I, was like <laughs> I was floundering. That's why you were floundering. That's why you were floundering. I thought all you said over quarterback, again. and I was like, quarterback? Who this is he Amon Ra all over again. <laughs> but uh, they, had, they took Forbes, and Forbes has looked – terrible in the preseason and in camp just has not been playing well. So Washington has a lot of issues and it might just need to tear it down and go for a new rebuild, new, new ownership, start fresh, new name and everything. I mean, I'm in agreement with all you guys with about six wins is probably where they should be at, but unlike core, I think they have the building blocks there to be a good team, maybe in a year or two. I mean, you're already, I mean, you're already writing somehow off. You don't really know, who you have in him yet. I mean, he hasn't played what a full season yet. So you're not really sure who you have. I mean, you know, you can't be writing him off yet. I mean, if he's, you know, turns out, yeah, I think you'd at least give him another year, like a year or two years to see who you have there. But I mean, you have all these guys. I mean, you have Terry McLaurin, you have Jahan Dotson, you have all these other guys that you just got. And I think, and I think that the building blocks are there. And I think in a few years, I think, it wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about them maybe, you know, being a contender to win the division. Not this year, though, but maybe in a few years. Yeah, hopefully things turn around for Washington, obviously, through the last couple of years they've been through. But on to the Dallas Cowboys now. 12-5 and five last year. That only got them the fifth seed, though. Projected win total, 9.5. That's good for second 
uh, highest in this division right now. The biggest thing I think they did this offseason was getting rid of Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator. I mean, obviously, you trade for Brandon Cooks, you trade for Stephon Gilmore, two players up there in their careers. Gilmore played great for us on the Colts last year. Cooks, this uh, how many times has he been traded now? I mean, the sun rises, it sets, and Brandon Cooks gets traded. And, mm-hmm. and he's good I mean, everywhere he goes. <laughs> he is good. But, I mean, that's the biggest thing. They needed someone else to step up alongside C.D. Lamb last year. I, I just don't know. I think them moving on from Kellen Moore is going to really set this offense back. And I don't think the defense dramatically improved for me to sit here and say Dallas is going to get to 12 wins again next year. Don't sleep I, on Mozzie. Look, I don't know. This this Dallas team, There's there's there are so many question marks, right? You know, running back, is Tony Pollard going to be able to handle the full load? What do you have out of Vaughn? What do you have out of, um, you know, Dowdle? You know, yeah, I like bringing in Cooks. I think, you know, another year for Gallup to get healthy, maybe that changes things. But at the end of the day, this defense is the strength of this team. Yeah, you know, Kellen Moore leaving. Who knows? Does it help Dak with the turnovers? Does it hurt? Because now he has to learn a new system. Who knows? But I, I do think that this defense is going to carry this team. It's going to keep them in a lot of games. And, you know, you see just having a good defense that doesn't give up touchdowns sometimes is enough. I thought maybe I'd speak for everybody. I'm going to speak for myself here. Dallas is scary, man. I think Dallas has got a really, really good regular season vibe to them. Obviously, they have Mike McCarthy and Dak in the postseason, so we know where that's headed. Divisional round loss. But I like Dak to have a bounce back year. Having an additional weapon in Brandon Cooks. Now Michael Gallup's a three. Not all the attention on CeeDee Lamb. Jake Ferguson has looked great in preseason for them. Tony Pollard was fantastic last year. Deuce Vaughn. I, listen, I didn't think he could do it at his size, but in preseason, he's looked good. Granted, it's preseason. They are in the top half of both offensive and defensive line. You could potentially have the defensive player of the year in Micah Parsons. Gilmore and Diggs, two top-tier corners on this team. Demarcus Lawrence, the kid out of Michigan, is absolutely massive. He's going to be great for the defensive line. Dallas is scary. I hate to admit it, but Dallas is scary. Yeah, I mean, Dylan, you didn't want to speak for everybody, but you're kind of speaking for me. The Cowboys' biggest issue last year, they could not stop the run. If you ran it up the gut, the Cowboys could not do anything. So what do they do? They drafted a big D lineman, Mozzie Smith, out of Michigan. That dude is going to work wonders on that D line. And that D line's already stacked. You said it. Lawrence, Parsons. Parsons is working on standing up more because he wants that edge rusher money, not just as a defensive end or a linebacker. He wants that ability to get that top-tier defensive money. Yeah, don't leave Hankins out either. Jonathan Hankins can play too. I mean, yeah, if this was six years ago. He I'm can still play, man. I'm writing him off. He's but, he's their starter right now. Or he's writing him off, but Hankins ain't right back yet. <laughs> but uh we again yeah, we talk a lot about coaching and quarterbacks. I think the Cowboys might have the third best quarterback in the division. Hot take. Sam Howell. They easily have the <laughs> worst four for head coach in the in the in the division, and I don't think it's it's by far. Mike McCarthy is a detriment to the team, and the fact that he's calling plays in Dallas should terrify every Cowboy fan because Mike McCarthy's not capable of that. You have Aaron Rodgers for how long? 
and you luck into one Super Bowl and you're not able to replicate it, how many great regular seasons did Green Bay have with McCarthy and Rodgers just to flame out in the playoffs? And you're only winning those regular season games because you had Aaron Rodgers and he was able to make magnificent plays. Dak isn't him. Dak's on the wrong side of 30. Dak isn't getting better every year. He's actually getting worse. He's His play calling and his play processing hasn't been there. He just has not been able to make more than one read in a play. It's just, it's scary because they have a lot of great players. Brandon Cooks is going to be a great addition. CeeDee Lamb is an alpha. I think Deuce Vaughn's going to end up being the starting running back. I don't think Pollard's cut out to be a starter. I think Pollard is a good complimentary back. I think he needs somebody else to shoulder a lot of the carries. He had him paired with Zeke. I like Deuce Vaughn a lot. I think Deuce is going to end up being the starter. Again, I know, hot take. <laughs> Yeah, that, that one's hot. The five foot five guy could carry the load, a, but Tony Pollard can't. It's like, it's like the Eagles bringing in Darren Sproles to carry the load. <laughs> hey, I mean, Dylan, I'm sure you love Sproles. I love Sproles for the rolling play. <laughs> I, I really like Deuce Vaughn. I, I size doesn't matter. I think. Uh, I think wait, that. Oh, wait a face. <laughs> knew it as soon as I said it. Oh. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean, but it's comments are gonna let you hear about that one, man. <laughs> oh, jeez, wrap it up on that. I was gonna I say gonna this whole Cowboys. <laughs> they will be good. Dylan's right; they are scary, but they do have some major holes to fill. Good luck following that, John. I just, I, I think their defense. I think Dallas's defense is scary, and that's probably the best thing about their team right now. But I don't think that to me their offense is not that scary. I mean, you, we've seen who Dak is. We've seen what he can do time and time again. He's just not the guy. Dallas fans keep saying he's the guy, but he's not. He's not going to be the guy. But but it's their defense. But they say defense wins championships. So is, the question is: Is their defense good enough to make up for their offensive shortcomings? That's that's the real question. Yeah, Dallas fans have been saying this is our year for the last 30 years, but the Giants, they had themselves a year last year. Not much thought of about them going into the season, but they finished 9-7-1. and Brian Dable came in, really helped out Daniel Jones, but their win total only at 7.5 now this year. The biggest thing for me, Dable going into year two, they retained Saquon Barkley, and for as good of a team as this was, they still only finish in third place. So they get to play a third place schedule. So I'm surprised to only see that over under at seven and a half. To me, they're going to go over that. Yeah, I think they go over the seven and a half. I think that uh, nine probably would have been the mark. But again, this comes down to it being a really good division. Because look, if Washington's pulling wins out of this division, it's not coming against Philadelphia. So you know, you 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 think, you know, the Giants, they're not going to have a win every week, even though it's a third place schedule. You still have six games that are going to be a grind in this division. Now, for the Giants, I think the biggest thing is, you know, offensively, they lacked any kind of dynamicness to them outside of Barkley. Like you knew they weren't ripping off a big play if it wasn't hit by Saquon. That's not going to be the case this year. You know, you bring in speed, tons of speed. You get Paris Campbell. You draft Jalen Hyatt. You've got Wandell Robinson coming back, hopefully. They bring in Jamison Crowder, who's fast if he makes the team. Who knows? You know, you have Isaiah Hodgins here still. Darius Slayton can burn. You know, 
But the biggest addition is at tight end and Darren Waller. He makes this offense that much more scary. Daniel Jones has legit weapons. Are they as good as they can be? No, not yet. But they are significantly better on this side of the ball. And I think that's where they needed to make the most improvements. Because if you're going to make the investment in Daniel Jones, you have to give him the tools to succeed. Yeah, Ben, I think the question of how dynamic this Giants offense can be is, has Darren Waller fallen off the cliff? Back-to-back bad years, whether it be injury, then, of course, the Raiders were a mess last year, 31 years old. You know, it's not too, too old for tight ends to not be good anymore. Hell, look at Travis Kelsey. But has Darren Waller turned to the other side, or can he still be a true number one for this Giants offense? He's going to be the safety blanket alongside Saquon Barkley. I, You know, I like that the wide receiver core, it doesn't have a true one, but there's a ton of really solid two or threes there that could step up each and every week. I'm a big Darius Slayton guy. Wandale Robinson looked really good last season before getting hurt. It's can Brian Dayball work his magic with this offense again? Obviously, there's some limitations, but great coaching can really elevate a team. It did last year, and I don't see why Dayball can't again, especially since this team was able to work it out with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, Dayball is a fantastic coach, and he's going to get the most out of everybody. I think somebody in the offense that we're kind of sleeping on, Daniel Bellinger, he was the safety blanket last year until he got poked in the eye. Just through the helmet. And again, that's not a penalty, right? But the NFL refereeing is something we'll complain about a lot this year. But the offense has players now. I'm not worried about the offense. The Giants might actually score 20 or more points on a consistent basis for the first time in six years. Think about that. Just to want 20 or more points. That's not asking for a lot. And they might actually have a chance. You know, they got a good kicker in Graham Gano, but they're going to need to get some guys involved. You know, Isaiah Hodgins, Waller. Waller's been lined up on the outside a lot in camp. He's going to play a hybrid tight end wide receiver role almost. And they're going to line him up. A lot of two tight end sets with him and Bellinger. It's going to be interesting because how are teams going to really be able to stop him? Because it's going to be tough. Most teams can't cover tight ends. And that's what's made the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey so great. It's because when you have a great receiving tight end, it's really impossible to stop because are you going to sacrifice a cornerback just to go to a tight end? It's not really great to run a defense that way. Then on the flip especially, side. I was going to say, especially when you have speedsters yeah. like Slayton and Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt sprinting yeah. past you. You, you need your, all the, the cornerbacks you can get working on the wide receivers. And then you have Waller, who has looked amazing in camp. The Giants, you know, if you trust Jones, the Giants offense will be great. If you don't think Jones is any good, then the offense will sputter out. The defense, though, is what I'm worried about with them. You have some players. You fix the defensive uh, the defensive line. You have five deep and decent ta- uh, tackles anchored by, you know, all-pro Dexter Lawrence. Thibodeau and Ojolari need to step up. But you're going to start two rookie corners on the outside. Dory Jackson moving to the slot. You can't start two rookie corners, one of them being a sixth-rounder out of Old Dominion and Trey Hawkins. I mean, it's just not something that a good team wants to do. You want that veteran presence. You want one outside corner that you can trust to shut down another team's, you know, best option. What are the Giants going to do against the Eagles when you got Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown? They're going to feast on them. So it's going to be tough. But, you know, you got to trust the coaching. And Wink has shown that he is a great defensive coach. It's a shame he's never gotten the head coaching job. But I think at this point, 
this is where he's going to end his career because he's getting older and nobody's going to want to give a head coaching job to an older guy for the first time. So the Giants are going to be good. I think eight, nine wins is probably likely, although there is a world where they fall below that seven mark and lose a lot of close games. I think the Giants have did their best to set themselves up for success. I mean, you, you added speed on the offense. You added Darren Waller. So you're not just relying on like just the one dimension of Saquon Barkley making your big plays there. So you give defenses a lot more to worry about now. I think the big question for me is, if, if is Daniel Jones going to step up here and, you know, utilize those weapons they gave him now? Because they sh- certainly helped him out, gave him weapons, and they set him up for success. So it's I think it's really up to Daniel Jones now to see what he can do with them. But I think even – I think because they even have the, what the Ryan was saying, the third-place schedule. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they go over eight or nine wins, especially if, you know – if Daniel Jones gets going and gets in a groove early on, I mean, I can see them maybe getting sneaking 10 or 11, honestly. So, I mean, that's something that the Eagles definitely shouldn't sleep on the Giants, and, you know. But I, because I feel like it's kind of flying under the radar of the Giants. I feel like everyone's talking about, you know, you know, Washington with the new owner, you know, and everyone talks about Dallas, but, you know, I feel like the Giants kind of, kind of quiet a little bit, except for the Barkley stuff. Yeah, we'll see what the Giants, they snuck up on everyone last year. Uh, but Philly, you know, a big year was expected for them. It was a bigger year than many thought. 14 and three, they made it to the Super Bowl. They're over under for 2023, sits at a lowly 10 and a half. It was another stellar offseason for them. And the biggest thing is can they continue the dominance in this NFC? That's the question with Philly. Yeah. And look, the thing with Philly is, you know, I said, Every team in this division arguably got better, except for maybe Philly. But that's not necessarily true, though, either, because you look at what did Philly lose? Yeah, Miles Sanders at running back. Oh, well, in comes DeAndre Swift. Not much of a downgrade, if at all. You know, they were able to retain a good amount of guys. They let a few guys in the defense walk. Their biggest losses really come at the coordinator spots. And it comes down to, is Nick Sirianni a good coach? Was he being helped by his coordinators a lot? Or is Nick Sirianni the guy? Is he able to turn through coaches? And is he able to keep this train rolling? Because who knows, did Shane Steichen have that big of an impact on Jalen Hurts? Or was it Nick Sirianni? Yeah, as the Eagles fan here, speaking on the coordinators, I think Steichen was a loss. I think uh, losing Gannon may be addition by subtraction. Uh, Eagles fans have been harping for him to be gone for a while. There's just so much talent on that defense that they really elevated the way that he looked, in my opinion. But the Eagles, man, people are saying that the fall-off's coming. I don't buy it. I think they have the most complete roster in the NFL, a top-five quarterback, a top-three wide receiver duo, a good running back room. Per PFF here, number one ranked O-line, number one ranked D-line. Games are won in the trenches in the NFL. Ben used to play line. You could attest to that. It's probably the same at every level. They have two top 20 corners, uh, and they got a lot of young guys on that defense that are going to flourish. Jalen Carter falls to the Eagles in their lap, perhaps the best player in the draft. You still have Nolan Smith all the way at 30. I don't know how he got there. When we did our mock drafts, he was going in the top 15 consistently. Of course, Howie Roseman figures it out somehow without even doing anything. It just falls into his lap, a player like that. You have Jordan Davis taking another step. N'Kobe Dean. Yes, Ben, I'm listing the Georgia guys just to get under your skin here. It's going to be a good season for the Eagles. This defense, it's young, 
But by playoff time, which I don't think anybody here doubts that they'll be in the playoffs, this defense could be better than last year. Experience is the best thing to have in the NFL, and no team in the division has it more than the Eagles. Do I think their offense takes a step back? Yeah, I think I think that's the case for any team that's coming off of the Super Bowl and you lose your coordinators. I think you take a step back. Doesn't mean it's a big step back. I think Jalen Hurts, we really get to see if he hit his ceiling already or if there's another gear to this because there's a lot of uh, things that he could improve on too, and I think he does hit those benchmarks. They've got great receivers, great defense. It's a It's a very weak NFC. And the Eagles are the cream of the crop. They should be thinking Super Bowl or bust right now because there's nobody that can stand in their way, I think. I mean, you'd worry about, I think for me, you worry about for the Eagles. I mean, I think they're going to do great, but I worry about some youngness on the defense a little bit because, you know, you get some of these young guys, you know, make stupid mistakes, stuff, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes not used going up to going up against, you know, NFL pro players there because that's way different from college. But I mean, they definitely have the locker room and the culture there to help these guys and hopefully teach them up. And I like Dylan was saying, by the end of the year, they might have even a better defense than they did last year. But I mean, honestly, I think barring injuries or anything, obviously, I think it's almost the lock. They make playoffs and even win the NFC East. I mean, I, I don't, I just don't think that there's any team better than them in the NFC East that can really take them on. Uh, a big thing I don't think we talked about, but if Jalen Hurts does go down, I mean, they have a backup quarterback problem, really bad because like Tanner McKee is a star. <laughs> Mariota, I'm talking about Mariota. I was going to say Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Mariota doesn't. The have Eagles it. fans know what I'm talking about. Mariota doesn't have it. Tanner McKee is the truth. That's the guy. You well, know, there hasn't been back-to-back uh, winners of the NFC East in like 20 years. 2003, yeah, 2004, when the Eagles did it. They're going to do it again this year. I'm telling you, they're going to do it again this year. They want that revenge from that Super Bowl. They want, they're going to go back, run out all the way back to the Super Bowl, but they're going to win this time. It's time to list that how we think it. this division is going to shape out. And it's I, this is where I was going to mention no back-to-back division winners in 20 years. And I don't know, maybe it's just for the chaos of it, but I really like what's going on. I'm going to have the Giants winning this division. Eagles in a very close second. They'll be the five seed, and they'll probably go on their run from there. And then I'm going to put Washington in third and Dallas in fourth. Yep. Oh, my I, goodness. I love Dallas in fourth. You know, look, here's the thing. I think the Eagles do win this division, but there are ways for the other teams to come after them and win it. Yeah, you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't play. Yeah, Jalen Hurts Well, no, hurts. look, wait. Everyone was so sold on Carson Wentz being the, the quarterback, the next generational guy. Until it was not that long ago all of those Eagles fans were still on him, and you were still on him even that year after he got hurt and came back. So don't sit there and say, oh, oh, oh. no, all I heard about was Wentz Wagon. Stop it. So don't don't sit there and act like, oh, we got one great year out of Jalen Hurts after two solid years of development and tell me that he is the truth. Okay, look, I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a very good quarterback at this point. I wasn't sold on him early. I am now. But don't sit here and say, oh, there's no way the other teams can't win this division. Dallas still has a great defense, and look, who knows? Maybe Daniel Jones takes the jump this year. Giants first, Eagles second, Cowboys third, Washington fourth. Yeah, I uh, I have the Eagles going back-to-back. They are the best, most complete roster top to bottom. It doesn't mean you win games, especially when you're against Patrick Mahomes. 
but I still stand by it. I said it all last year. I'll say it again. The Eagles have the best roster in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith might take another leap. You know, Darius Slay came out and said that he thinks he's going to be the best wide receiver in football. Obviously, that's a little exaggerating perhaps because they're teammates. But if you're saying that, that means he's better than A.J. Brown. And you're not willing to hurt his feelings if you don't think Devonta Smith is that guy. I got Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, repeat, back-to-back, NFC East. I'm still salty about the 2020 season. I still think the Eagles should have gotten the death penalty for that. (laughs) But, you know, my gripes aside, I'm right with Dylan on that. I think the Eagles finally break that streak, back-to-back division titles. Cowboys and Giants make it real close, and I think they both get back to the playoffs just because of how weak the NFC is. And then Washington, it's going to be the same situation as last year. Maybe this is the one where they finally able to get all four teams into the playoffs because all four teams are legitimately good. Eventually it's going to happen. I mean, I think this really hinges on, I mean, I think Eagles, you know what you have there, I think, but like the Giants, Cowboys, Washington, it seems like there's some question marks around them and they all hinge on the fact if certain players step up and do good. And for the Eagles, it's just like, you just got to do the same thing. So, I mean, I have the Eagles one, I have the Giants two. Cowboys three, I think their defense is good enough to overcome Washington and Washington fourth. But, I mean, it's very plausible all four of these teams make the playoffs. I mean, I think at least the Giants and Cowboys have a shot at going to the playoffs. I mean, NFC's weak. Shock the world, (laughs) Sam Howell. Shock the world. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, make sure you follow along with us on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, at Outsider Sports 3. Join us next time. We have another special edition of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast Weekend Edition when we talk about the AFC East. Join us next time. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Peace.